This week, Sam and I are going through the ship-to-ship combat in Ghosts of Saltmarsh and improving it to be used at your table. Welcome to We Speak Common. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the D&D podcast for everyone because here we speak common. This is a show brought to you in partnership with the Dice Dungeon, your one-stop shop for all of the best premium D&D dice in resin, metal and now glass. Get 10% off your entire order uh, using the code WESPEAKCOMMON at checkout. That's everything in your basket, whether it's dice, books, dice trays, whatever, 10% off. Uh, You can get a link to the Dice Dungeon in the description below. We're also brought to you by Describe, spelled D-S-C-R-Y-B, Ada.com on the end, that's the website. They've got professional creative writers doing all of the hard work for scenes, locations, monsters, spells, all the stuff you could want. You can go and get 10% off your monthly subscription for your first two years using the code COMMON at checkout. Again, link below, D-S-C-R-Y-B.com. As ever, we'll talk about our partners at some point during the show. But before we do that, Let's all say hello to Mr. Sam. How you doing, Sam? Mr. Sam. I'm Mr. Sam now. Yeah. I? I'm here. Hello. I'm back again. Don't know where that came from, mate. Yeah. That, yeah. Two weeks in a row. Yeah. Well, you were nearly late to this one today, weren't you? Sorry. No, sorry. You were late to this one today, weren't you? Look, okay. I've, I've repented. I've... You haven't repented. You, you've I got have. to do a good episode and then you'll repent. No, I've, I've gone and gone to the, to the vicar, gone in one of those confession... <laughs> things and i've gone i'm sorry you've gone for a confessional mm. i was i was late by 12 minutes after me and ben agreed five ish it wasn't 12 minutes it was <laughs> it was a full-on quarter past tw- a quarter past five and you said five o'clock i'm here okay all right fine <laughs> whatever here we are fine how are you okay you good i'm very good actually um i've had a bit of a a wild day. Uh, doctor surgery is telling me to go to the other doctor surgery and running oh, over there. Uh, but yeah, I went into town, got some bits, uh, had some boba tea. Oh, uh, love a bit of boba tea. It's mm. quite nice. Um, yeah, I have had. Uh, I had the day off work, which was nice. Um, That's always because, good. You know, it's always, it's always good to have a day off. Take a day off for yourself. And I um I've done lots of D and D stuff. I've done some podcast stuff. Um, and I'm I'm ready to record this episode. And then uh, today, Phoebe and I are having our Christmas Eve. Tomorrow is our Christmas Ooh. Day because we're both free. Got the whole day to ourselves, turning all our phones off, having our Christmas Day together Lovely. before we do the travel to spend Christmas Day with our families on actual Christmas Day. So that'll be nice. That sounds very exciting. Are you excited? Uh, yeah, I'm. 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 Hyped, mate. I've got all of our Good. presents wrapped and everything. Oh, I'm actually, did, um... I'm like, because last year Ben mm. sent me all of the images of the stuff he got, and I'm one of those people. Yeah. I just like survive off of the energy of other people. So seeing all the cool <laughs> things that you got made me feel really excited. <laughs> you like so to I'm live vicariously through me sometimes, yeah. don't you? I'm, I'm yeah. like lo- li- absolutely living for the fact that you might get some cool D and D stuff. Well, I, I have no idea what I've got, so we'll, I'll let you know tomorrow. But I'm looking It'll forward be a mystery. to it. Yeah, um, but yeah, we we haven't put a Christmas tree up this year though because we we couldn't be bothered. So because <laughs> we've got them up, like our 
our homes. So like when we go home for Christmas Day, we'll have yeah. that experience. So that's understandable. Yeah. But we did do our Christmas food shop the other day. Oh, what? We did we did like our full Christmas food shop the other day. So like the full shop. Yeah, so that, so that we can have like a proper Christmas dinner tomorrow and a Christmas breakfast. I d- and- I'm not going to lie, I didn't even put the two and two together that you're having your Christmas day with Phoebe tomorrow. So yeah. it would make sense to do the whole, yeah. Yeah, like when yeah. I say Christmas day, I mean like literally it's going to be Yeah, the Christmas whole day, day your, your whole Christmas is tomorrow. Madness. She does then have her work Christmas party in the evening though, so can't drink too much in the day because I will be taxi, but that's fine. <laughs> that's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Um, but yeah, yeah, all going, all going well. And actually, this episode that we're recording right now is going to be the one that goes out on Christmas. No, day before Christmas Eve. So Merry Christmas, if you're listening to this, uh, on Christmas Day hey. or Christmas Eve. Why would you be doing that? I don't know, but if you are, hey, hi. And happy holidays to everyone else. Yes. Know, people yes. still vibing. Absolutely, 100%. Um, and I don't think I said this last week, but I saw Joe very, very recently. Uh, you did. And I know there's a lot of long-time listeners who um, love to love to hear how he's doing. And he said to me, "Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be back soon. I'll jump on some episodes. So hopefully, we'll get him in for for a few episodes at some point." But um, I had a very I had a life moment with Joe over the last weekend. <laughs> have I told you this? Um, it depends. You've told me a lot, and I feel like that night was longer than what you've told me. So. Oh yeah, it was a it was a heavy night. We were we were properly celebrating some stuff for him. <laughs> and, um, there, was a, there was a lot of food, a lot of lot of alcohol, a lot of all that kind of stuff. A big one, a very very big cigar. Um, mm-hmm. And he he said to me, and it wasn't too. It was quite early on, so he wasn't too drunk. But he said to me that uh, my Waterdeep campaign that I ran for him was by far the best D and D he's ever witnessed. And I was like, <gasps> oh, milestone moment. Yeah, it's like yeah, one of those big you're... character moments. It's like a level up yeah. in, in yeah. real life. Yeah. That's literally like, how I felt. I was like, oh, oh, oh I got enough XP. Oh my God. Like, that, that means so much coming from you as like my yeah. lifelong friend and fellow DM. So, that yeah, must have felt a, awesome. Yeah. It was an amazing moment. And I hope every DM gets that moment from at least one of their players at some point soon. Or Fingers crossed. Come on, players. You, you know where it's at. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about D&D, shall we? Because we're just rambling. Yeah, we're going to talk about one of my biggest quarrels in D&D today, aren't we? Yeah, and that is why you are here two weeks in a row, because I want to I wanna fix this for you, because I think I, I think I can. So I think you probably can too, to be fair. Okay, well, that's you. You've now put a lot of pressure on, but all right. So <laughs> we're talking about ships in D&D. Boats. And Specifically, ship combat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I want to say right off the bat that what, what we're going to talk about can, can be used on any ship, whether it flies through the stars of Spelljammer or the seas of the Sword Coast or whatever setting you're in. So I want to put that out there. The rule set I'm going to give you today can be used on any ship to ship. Airships, good. Waterships, good. Spelljammers, great can work on all of them that is my promise to you that's good news first though please tell me why you dislike D's ship rules and i'm and i'm pretty sure these are the rules from ghost of saltmarsh right because they're there's pretty sparse stuff in the dmg for ship combat. they are yeah and i i even think well i think in saltmarsh that they are 
given to you in an appropriate mm. way, but they're not really explained that much at the same time. I still, after sitting there going through the rules, I still came out of it like, okay, I don't know if this sounds exciting at all. And in execution, it the worries that I had about the way that it was being run from Ghosts of Saltmarsh sort of bled into the game and I was like, okay, I, I saw these... It's the first time as a DM I've seen a mechanic that I don't agree... Like, I don't... I know is not going to work for me and my group and it, then when I used it, it, it like... I had that preemptive, I know this mm. is going to be bad kind of situation. So it's the first time that happened for me. Um, it just wasn't as exciting as I wanted it to be in terms of like mechanically what my players were able to do and everything like that. So I, I for, for combat, I want it to be engaging. I want it like Pirates of the Caribbean, Davy Jones, all of that kind of shit. Mm. Big battles on the sea, but having it as is, I felt kind of restricted that a little bit. Okay. I also like that you read, like you had that moment where you read something and went, I don't think this is going to work. And then it didn't work. Mm. Like that's, that's a big, that's a big thing. That's a nicer, that's, that's a level up in DMing when you start Mm. to, your intuition and your gut feeling starts to become correct about things. That's a good sign. Um, Okay, so let's talk about what the rules actually are in Ghost of Saltmarsh mm-hmm. then. Um, I've got Saltmarsh in front of me, so I'm going to make sure I'm saying this right. But uh, basically, if you want to read along, if you want to follow through, you're looking for Appendix A titled Of Ships and the Sea, and then just go straight to ships in combat. That's the section we're looking through. So the way it works, and, and, and I guess we should, we should preface first in that ships give, uh, Ghost of Saltmarsh gives players roles on their ship so there's like captain bosun first mate uh you can just be standard crew i think there might be another one but i think i might be forgetting but there's there's different there's different roles you can do and having that role as a player gives you different actions during different types of play so in combat and out of combat so just bear that in mind we're going to touch on those because those are important part but first let's talk about ship combat and we can fill those in later so Ships roll an initiative using a ship's dexterity uh, using its crew's quality score as a modifier to that role. So there's lots of stuff here in, in Ghost of Saltmarsh that come into this. We're really looking at one section of it. So if you've got a great crew, you get a better quality score. It's, it's basically like a proficiency score, but for the ship, the ship has its own stat block, has its own speed, its own decks. So you're using that modifier, so it's D20, ship's decks, maybe it's plus three, and then your crew score might give you an extra plus two, so it's a plus five in total. Cool, you roll a 15. The other ships in combat do that as well. They have their own scores to add on, their modifiers to add on. And then in uh, on a ship's turn, the captain of the ship, which is one of those roles, decides which of the actions the ship is going to use. Which sounds simple, mm. but in practice, it, it it's kind of shit <laughs> yeah and it uh, it creates a lot of like decision paralysis but also really slows de- like combat in D doesn't need to be slowed down because it's already pretty you know 
slow. Yeah, it can as, be, yeah. As is. Um, so for me, it was just like, this is going to slow things down more. And my players are very like, you have to have them there in the moment. If not, their attention's going to go and you've mm-hmm. lost them. So for me, I was like, oh no, this is just going to be like another one of those moments where they're then they're going to be waiting for too long and mm. it's going to get to their turn and they're, they're, they haven't been paying attention. And I'm I know like, exactly what you mean. I'm like, I, I, I didn't like the idea of that. I was like, if, if they're on like a ship, I want them to feel like they are influencing every part of that ship, not just... Well, you want them to feel like a crew, don't turn. you? Yeah, exactly. 100%. So um, there's only two actions that are offered to, and it, and it says special officer actions. I mean, you've just mm. said it's the captain, so just call them captain's actions. But uh, during an encounter, the captain, first mate, and bosun each have access to two special action options. So immediately, I'm like, well, that's confusing. I thought it was just the captain that decided what the mm. what the ship did. So it's like these actions are are linked in, but they're also not. It's like okay, so there's. Uh, oh, hang on, I've, I've gone too far. There's uh, take aim, which takes an action where the captain, first mate or bosun directs the crew's firing, um, which means that uh, you select one weapon that's within 10 feet of the officer who's calling the action and it gains advantage for the next attack roll that it makes before the end of the ship's next turn. So it basically sets you up for, for an, uh, an advantage on your next hit next turn. Or you've got full speed ahead, which means that as an action... Captain, first mate, or bosun can get the crew to work harder and move the ship further. You roll a d6, you multiply the result by five, and then you apply the total as a bonus to the ship's speed until the end of the next turn. So your you speed just goes up by a number. You can go that, that many number further. Um, and if it's already benefiting from that actions bonus, you can't add them together. The higher one applies. Mm. So two really, like... I think I mean, great. They're a bit standard, but yeah, cool. They're cool actions. Cool. Um, Something to do. They're the in in the full speed ahead action. There, that shined a light on one of my first problems. Okay, which tell me was about speed. I remember okay. sitting there going, "Wait, it's nine feet." <laughs> how do I know how much space this is? And I was sitting there, I remember having Google up and I was doing like calculations to try and work it out in my head. I was like, how am I even going to understand this? How are my players going to comprehend that this is uh, this measurement's in feet, but the rest is in miles? And I was sitting there yeah. like, oh dear, oh no. So, okay, so if you're using Ghost of Marsh and you're having that problem, it, the, the really the easiest thing to do is... Um, when you're referring to feet, you're talking about the crew moving around on the ship, right? So mm-hmm. don't use that for the ship. For the ship, we're talking about miles per hour. Forget the fact that there's miles per hour. Look at, let's use the example where it's two ships, just to keep it simple. You've got one ship with, that moves four miles per hour and another ship that moves at six miles per hour, right? Let's say the four miles per hour is the ship with the party on. The six is the ship with, that's the, the pirate ship that's attacking them in this example. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the, the player ship's moving at four miles per hour. The... And this is like, oh my god! I've just had a, re- I've just realised that though all that time I sat in maths class and I was like, when is this going to be useful, sir? It's useful right now. <laughs> right now, the, the ship moving at six miles per hour is moving two miles faster than the other ship. So let's say, for easy maths' sake, that the party ship four miles per hour is four miles ahead. Well, in two turn, in no wait, in one turn, if they're no, sorry, fuck me. 
Ah, <laughs> see, this is the problem. If uh, <laughs> if the party ship is four miles ahead and the 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 pirate ship is is uh, four miles behind, but moving at six miles per hour, and the other one's moving at four, it's moving too faster. And if the, we're saying the ships are moving, they're not static. Ships are rarely ever static. Um, so that means in two turns that sh- the pirate ship is going to catch up because it's going to it's going to make the four mile difference in two turns time, uh, t- mm. two rounds time. Does that make sense? Have I explained that well enough? Yeah, I, I still wouldn't know how to use it, but like so in terms what you, basically of what you need speeds is wise, it may, yeah, like in, in terms of actual speeds and determining which is faster and if it could catch up, that's helpful. But I think, and I think one of my um, bad decisions in doing that was I started ship combat on a grid. Yeah. Which I don't, I don't necessarily think it's built for. No, because... stuff like that tends to happen on uh, hexes rather than exactly like grids. Yeah, and I think that was one of my first mistakes because then I had, then I was trying to calculate how much each square was worth. You're just overthinking it. Yeah, you're just overthinking it because, like, at that point, you just, you just ballpark it. If you know that the ship can move, is going to get there within two turns, just move it half the distance, one turn. Like, I got you know there I mean? eventually. Like, <laughs> I yeah. worked out the really complex math. Uh, well, yeah. for me anyway. But Especially yeah. if, like the like, if if you're if you've got a ballista on the ship that shoots at a range of thirty feet, like okay, then the then the squares are helpful. Mm. Um, and but you can kind of guesstimate. Um, and some people are going to hate that. I always say, you know, take what we say with a pinch of salt. You either want to use them or you don't. You do yeah. take them and mix them up. Use use what we say in your own way, but. You can, yeah, you can guess. So you don't have to be absolutely spot on perfect with that because the math is just too complicated. No one's, I don't mm. think anyone's going to care if it's spot on perfect. Um, no, and I, I think that's something I learned from that in the fact that I was like, it, it sort of became like every round, it was like my players were like, are we close enough yet? And I was like, not quite. You're like mm-hmm. this much off, and they're like sitting there. They've been waiting the last three turns, and they're just waiting. And they're just sitting there, like, "Come on." Were you in the issue where? So obviously, you've rolled initiative for all your players, mm-hmm. and you've added your ship's initiative to that order. Yeah. So you could end up in a situation where you know captain goes first, then or okay, captain who's also the paladin gets to go first, then mm-hmm. it's the ship's turn. Then it's, you know, wizard, then bard, then fighter, then your enemy ship and all of their turns. Like it's a very, it's a very busy, horrible, messy initiative order because you've got ships and and important crew people on there. Um, Did you have the issue where your other players in the party who weren't making ship action decisions were just kind of waiting? Yeah, they were just like, okay, I'm going to ready my action. Or they were like, I'm going to help out. So at this point i was like okay this is this is not what i want i want everyone to feel involved so that was when i i sort of went in with the mindset of, of like as long as they enjoy this combat and this like ship to ship moment i don't mind what happens so i had the druid filling the sails with wind i was like that's not really how the spell works but it feels cool um, yeah yeah we had our bard Giving like uh, singing, giving morale to the ship, so that the ship uh, like was taking its. I don't know if it was taking its actions faster or it. It was. I don't know. It it boosted Did the quality the ship. of the crew go up. Yeah, 
Yeah. And they were performing their actions better because of the bard upping their morale. And that was my way of trying to make it so that the because my druids in in a ship combat situation might not fail very useful. So I was then having to compensate and I was like, okay, how can how can I still make this engaging for you two who aren't in the best situation? Because I have some mm-hmm. players that are like more than happy to sit there and be like, okay, right, I've got the role of the captain, so I'm going to be making these decisions. But for those other players that get sort of left out of that that section, you're sitting there mm-hmm. like, okay, I need to bring them in as well, which I didn't like. I wanted the combat to feel constantly like everyone was involved and making a difference in it. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Okay, so the issues that you're having are the issues that I have with this rule system, which is mm-hmm. a good sign. So there's other things in this then, because I don't think that all of Ghost of Saltmarsh is bad. I actually think uh, quite a few, of this, quite a bit of the stuff in Implement is quite good, like crew quality is mm. cool. The, the ships that are given in as examples are good starting points to make your own ships. You know, some of the, yeah. the at-sea encounters are great. Um, and also if you're running like air ship campaign or a spelljammer campaign, a lot of that can be reskinned and changed, which is great. Um, so like the crew casualties make sense. The, you know, all that stuff, crashing a ship makes like kind of makes sense, kind of work. So I'm not going to co- mention on that because that comes into combat, but it, it makes sense. Yeah. So, okay. So your issues are not everyone's involved. The initiative order is messy and people are just waiting and like mm-hmm. holding their actions. Uh, it got complicated to track the distance and speed of ships uh, against things that use feet rather than miles. Is there anything else? Um, I think that's sort of it. Um, more. Uh, I think one of the other things was not knowing enough about ships in general. I felt like mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. Unless I have a degree in like naval studies, I'm not going to know how to run this combat properly because I was sitting there like, well, it, it what? Uh, my players get quite creative with their stuff, and they're like, okay, what if I? do this to create this sort of situation. I'll be sitting there like, well, how does that work with boat physics? Like, uh, yeah, I yeah. know what you mean. It's just certain yeah. things that come into play while on a ship that wouldn't come into play in any other sort of circumstance. But I was, it, it, it doesn't give anything to be like, okay, you might be able to just do this or just do that. So, so I totally understand what you're saying, but I'm also going to say, that I think that's a bit of a non-issue. So what I Fair. mean by that is that like, <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're overthinking things again. So yeah. I, like when I started looking into ships and stuff, I was like, okay, I need to cement in my brain what is port, what is starboard, you know, what, mm. what, are, what are the different parts of the ships called? Like getting 100%. ready for um, Cosmic Causeway and like knowing the difference between a fort and aft castle were really important mm-hmm. to me because like that's what they're called and I want it to feel... I wanted to have that realism. So like yeah. that stuff. But yeah, go and go and find out the difference between port and starboard. And I'm pretty sure port is left and starboard is right. I could still be wrong. Yeah. yeah. I don't, uh, <laughs> it's been a no, while. You're, you're not wrong. But, you that know. was correct. I don't know why I said okay. yeah twice. Great. So <laughs> go and go and go and look that stuff up. But that's easy stuff, right? When you get to the when you get to stuff like, oh, how like, oh, my player wants to do this thing, but I don't know if technically that works. It's a fantasy world. It's a fantasy game. They've got magic. Like, 
you know, true, if you want it to work. True. Like, oh, would using the tidal wave spell make the boat actually move faster? Well, in real life, you probably have to make the tidal wave move in the same direction as the rest of the water. Otherwise, you're going to get, like, damage to the boat and the boat, like, turning and shit. But in, in the fantasy world, that's cool. Rule of cooler. Yeah, fine. <laughs> that will work. Like, okay, yeah, you start moving faster. You know, same with wind in the sails. Like, yeah, go for it. Why not? Because that's... It's, it's rule of cool at the end of the day but it's clever mm. they've thought of something different it's an interesting interaction with the rules and the ship and all that kind of stuff so go for it why not um you know and there are limitations baked into spells and things as well like mending oh could i completely mend my ship with mending no because it specifically says what the limits of mending are yeah um but you could you could use it to patch up a, a broken ore or something you know like so I don't I don't think you need to worry too much about like, oh, how is the water buoyancy of the boat gonna affect the, <laughs> the fact that they're using a tidal waves, but like fucking no one gives a shit, man. It's cool. Do it, you know? Live a little. That's my advice on that one. Straight and easy. That mm-hmm. one's simple. Easy, don't overthink it. And like if you're using an airship or you're in space on a spell jammer, more of that just goes out the bloody window. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, you know, 100%. like I'm on an airship. What happens if I you know, uh, I don't know, cause an uprush of wind with the with the gust spell underneath the ship. Do I lift higher? Well, I mean, I don't know. In real life, would a gust of wind lift a ship out of the fucking sea? No, of course it wouldn't. But we're in a cool fantasy world and you've got a hot air balloon attached to your galleon. So why not? You know, in space, there's I had to think like Spelljammer. OK, they have port and starboard. But what's the name for up and below the, like above the ship and <laughs> beneath the ship? Like, what is that called? I'm going to have to make that up. It's stuff like that. So yeah, just don't stress it. It's not the end of the world. If it's fun, that's good. That's good. But let's talk about an improved rule system for ship combat then. And I say improved because I think it's better. You might not like it. I hope you do. I think you will. I think, and now I was having a thought about this on the toilet, because <laughs> Great. that's where all the best thoughts happen. Um, mine, mine tend to be in the shower, but okay. And I, I'm hoping it's a system that I've seen you use in Spelljammer. Um, but nonetheless, I, I'll be surprised. Like happy either way. I don't think you've seen me use it fully. I think we. Because, I think I've mentioned it to you before. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll spring it to you because it might be a completely different idea. Um, but. Got him. And it was an idea that I was sitting there today. I was like, well, it, I'm going to be doing ship combat again soon. Do I try and implement a way similar, like uh, mm. the way uh, you talked about doing it in Spelljammer, where, it was, where there were the two separate stages of combat? One was where they were at like a far distance, and one was when they were at like close enough to be boarded. And that's, that's that sort of shift, and that keeps the combat sort of flowing. Yeah, so you're you're touching on part of what I'm going to talk through. Okay, beautiful. So you're like you're like half, maybe like a quarter of the way there, like a third of the way there. So that's Perfect. that's a, that's a big element of it. So yes, okay. The way I run ship combat is built around a couple of things. The first is that it's easy to run in theater of the mind as well as on a grid. And if actually, mm-hmm. actually, I think it probably leans a bit more towards theater of the mind because that's how I run my games but you could absolutely use it on a, on a grid because like I say, you can guesstimate locations and also with the system, you're free to kind of put the, the ships anywhere you want on a map, regardless yeah. of grid and or, or no grid. You could probably do it without a grid. And the other thing that it's built around, and this is, this is 
it's more built, it's probably 60-40 towards this. It's built around making the crew and the party feel like one big team that work together. And so they're all doing stuff. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I would do is based on your setting, uh, you know, Spelljammer, Skyship, Naval Ship, whatever, is go through your roles for the party. So you are you going to have a captain? Some some people say, oh, I don't want a captain because I don't want there to be a single leader. Okay, well then is it first mate? Like, what is it? Captain, first mate, whatever. Bosun, uh, do you want a... Uh, if you've got a captain, are you going to have a first mate? Uh, if you're on a spell ship, are you going to have a helms person? Are you going to have a quartermaster? Uh, are you going to have a gunner? Like, work out the roles that are going to be important roles for your game. So for us in Spelljammer, we had a helms person because that's a, that's a setting specific thing, and they're the person who, and in, in a in a unique way, they're the person who pilots the ship. So in a naval setting, I'd say that would be the, the roles I give my helms person be the roles, the, the actions and stuff that I give my captain. Mm-hmm. Um, the gunner is the one that we had a gunner, we had a bosun, we have a quartermaster. Uh, there are optional other ones. I'm just trying to remember them all, the, the ones I came up with. There's quite a few. There's different options. Um, and the, the bigger the party, the more roles you want to get. The other one as well, is, of course, is just crew member. If you just want to be a crew mm-hmm. member. And then give them special actions. So for the captain, that's things like maneuvers. What maneuvers can he, can they, the, she, he, whoever, make the ship make? Um, the first mate would have things like the take aim or the full speed ahead action, maybe. The gunner has the aiming action and uh, the fire at will action. Uh, the bosun has the repairing action. Um, or the mending action, whatever you want to call it. Um, the first mate was actually had one that was commanding the crew, so telling the crew where to go and what to do, and and moving them around because you need more than just a party of like five people on a ship. And so these actions become things that only those certain roles can do. So some of them would cross over. So like the captain could tell crew to do something, but the captain's probably more likely going to use the maneuver actions um, or like the the ram action or whatever. The Gunner can probably, if you wanted to, tell crew what to do if they've got a select gunning crew, but they're the only ones who can do the take aim and the fire at will actions. Uh, or the the whole, or the, I don't know, you might want to do a special attack option. They might, they're the only ones who can do that. Uh, the, the quartermaster is the only person who can do things like uh, chart the ship and co- make make a course and send it in the right directions and, and all that kind of stuff so they all have their own different things and you can make those up you can come up with them um i used a lot because i was using this for spell jammer i used a lot of old ad and d stuff so my ships my spell jamming ships had maneuverability classes and so uh, and in, in spell jammer they can move in a three-dimensional space so they had things like about turn and spinning the ship round they had a barrel roll like the, the captain can get the ship to do a barrel roll um, i love that which, i love that <laughs> mate it, that so the 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 benefit of that is that the ship is then harder to hit from an attack mm. you know um they had what else did they have uh oh, i can't remember it's on my head but i've got it all list out somewhere but you you come up with these things based on your setting so in a naval setting i'd have the captain have a maneuver of like okay I want to turn the ship around or line up port side or line up 
starboard side, you know, things like that. They're the ones who control where the ship goes and how it faces the enemy, because that's going to be important to things like if you want to ram, well, the ram's going to be on the front of the ship. If you want to line up the cannons, well, then that's port or starboard side. Um, the other thing I had was critical hits for ships. So when one ship lands a critical hit on the other ship, it you roll on a critical hit table and it's like, okay, a fire bursts out. So the bosun is the one who has the ability to put out the fire or to fix the broken uh, starboard side window so the cannon can fire, you know, stuff like that. Um, so come up with the things that you want your officers, in air quotes, to be able to do and then make mechanics to them. Mm-hmm. Maneuvers make the ship harder to hit or they grant advantage to a cannon or a grappling gun or whatever. Um, the ram allows you to ram the ship and do damage but it also means that you're able to uh rig up the ship with the other ship and board the crew uh, the the repairing things the bosun's repairing actions are able to put out fires they're able to fix broken bits of ship they're able to um stop the ship from reoccurring damage or sinking for example or or restore hull points the gun is able to fire it's able to reload uh it's able to take aim and gain advantage on attacks to to cancel out that the enemy ship is making a maneuver to give you disadvantage all this kind of stuff get creative with it have some fun um and if you do search this on the internet you can find stuff and have a look at spelljammer ship rules for um for some inspiration on that as well so that's the first part the second part then comes into the actual implementation of those rules into the initiative order and how the initiative order is going to work. But before we get into that, Sam, the one thing you need for initiative is to roll some really nice looking dice, mate. Really? Some really, there are really dice nice for dice. That? Yeah, did you not know that? No. Where, where would I get those dice? I mean, there are lots of places, but the place I would go personally is this wonderful store in the UK called Dice Dungeon. <gasps> no way. Yeah, and I actually cracked out my Kirill the Golden dice the other day, which is a blast from the past. And these are a set of dice there. They're beautiful metal dice. Actually, metal dice. I've got them in front of me now. They've got gold inlays in them. And actually, uh, years ago, myself and Joe created the name for these dice and the lore for them as well. So our two characters are, are, are directly intrinsically linked into the story of this very set of dice that I hold in my hands. That's so cool. Yeah, when you roll these dice, you are rolling with the power of a god. So, if you want some really nice metal dice, I suggest Kirill the Golden. Uh, but if you also want some really nice resin dice, because they're a bit cheaper, or maybe you want to buy a late Christmas present for someone. I mean, it's a bit late. This is the day before Christmas Eve, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> their shipping's amazing. Uh, maybe not that amazing, but it is amazing. Um you can go and get them. There's beautiful sets. They also uh, sell D&D books. My copy of Strixhaven is, it'll be with me by the time you're listening to this, but it's on the way. I'm very excited. They do a bag of fates, which are the cheapest way to buy beautiful, pristine, premium metal dice. I always say pristine. I mean to say premium first. Anyway, <laughs> um, you get a random set of dice. You pay the cheapest amount for metal dice and you can get unique sets that are only able to be got through bag of fates. Um, there's loads of stuff available. Dice Dungeon is run by two wonderful guys, Ben and Dave. They've been long-time supporters of the show, and you can get 10% off your entire order when you use the code WESPECOMMON at checkout. So go and do it. Go, go. Sam, how many sets of Dice Dungeon dice do you own? Lots. Really? That feels, that feels like a lie. 
I I haven't got around to buying my second set, but I do love Sam! my first set a lot. They are my most used set. But you know when what? you're like, I'm I'm the type of person where I will buy a new set for a new character, and That's I haven't fair. decided what dice are going to go with this newest character just yet. I've been I've been looking at the Dice Dungeon website, but mm. I'm yet to pick. Okay, that's fair. Well, I will suggest Kirill the Golden or some of their their plain charge sets are beautiful. So go and check those out. Fool's um, Gold is is tempting me. What is the set that you have, just so I know? I have the Fairy Fire dice. I did know that. As soon as you said that, I realised I knew that. Yeah. That's a good are, set too. I got that I got them a long time ago and they have been like my they're my special dice that I get out mm-hmm. of those special situations. Yes, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Awesome. Well, the second sponsor of the show is Describe, spelled D-S-C-R-Y-B. Dot com is the website, of course. That's how you add it on. And they are the place to go if you're not very good at coming up with that amazing box text. They've got professional creative writers writing scenes all the time and uh, including things like uh, locations, monsters, spells, and now the ability to have stuff that you can use as a player. So stuff that's written in the first person, uh, which uh, is is really cool. And I love it. Um, Sam, you've actually been been using Describe for like the last what few weeks? Mm-hmm. And it's been like your voice. You just went through puberty. You okay? <laughs> yeah, we're good. I just grew up, um, mate. I, I did that at a takeaway drive-through the other day. It was very nice. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm, I've, as I expressed in last week, week's episode, it's just been like upgrading my games, bringing them to that extra bit of spice that I need them to have. Sweet, 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 sweet. I like it. Well, look, to give you a little taste of the over 4,000 scenes that are available, I'm going to read you one that you can only get if you have subscribed, so I hope I don't get in trouble. Um, I've gone to the planes section. And I'm going to read you... uh, Pick... Actually, don't, because you'll pick something that that I can't find knowing you. Let's go for... (laughs) You like rangers, don't you? Yeah, I love rangers. Okay, I'm going to read you the description for the God of Rangers. Ooh. What we know of plant and beast through our senses, we know from the God of Rangers. Protector and hunter of animals, servant and master of the wilds, the God wears practical travel, uh, tough travel kit. Everything about him is lean, efficiency. From the simple bow to the perfect levers, his tunic is always the colour of his surroundings, whether white as the drift on a tundra or the deep green of summer leaves. His eyes behold the long path, and he has memorised every shortcut. There you go. That's great. Go and check out Describe. Get 10% off every month for all your subscription for the first two years using the code COMMON at checkout. Okay. How do you feel about the officers and their roles before we jump into how it's going to be used? I like them, um, and I think that if I'd have had them going into my first couple of ship combats I'd have probably came out a lot more like yes come on because okay. it gives it gives each player an opportunity to do a specific thing whether they are playing it as their character or whether they're playing it as like the MP, like the NPC who is that officer because they can still they can still do that to keep engaged in the combat um yeah yeah I know what you mean 
So I feel like I've been really vague with their actions, but it's because I can't I can't actually find my no, notes exactly. for the specific ones I wrote down. Yeah. But I also um, want you to make up your own that fit your game. So, but I think that works for me because it did it for. I think me work working it out and working out what I want from each officer role means that I can also sort of make it work for my players. Yeah, because, you make it personal. Yeah. Because then I'm going to be able to, you know, go, oh, well, that player likes that sort of thing. So I'll make sure that this officer role that I know they're going to be interested in is going to have a bit more of that for them. And yeah. I yeah. Like, like you, you know that your, your artificer is probably going to end up being the bosun and you know how your artificer mm-hmm. likes to play. So add some of that stuff in. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay. So let's talk about how ship to ship combat is going to work then. And this is how I do it. So. With ships, I have three ranges of distance. We have uh, boarding distance, which means the ships are next to each other in some form. Usually it's like port to starboard side or starboard to port side, left or right, up against mm-hmm. each other. Uh, we have, um, what did I call it? I think not uh, n- like near distance. So like they're, they're near within distance range far of... distance. Pr- yeah, so they're within, yeah. they're within range of pretty much all of your weapons mm-hmm. um boarding distance would mean they're at disadvantage to range weapons because they're too close um you've got far distance which means they're probably at disadvantage from most ranged weapons apart from those ones that are like i can shoot up to 120 feet you know like they're, <laughs> they're probably gonna be fine and then you've got extreme and extreme distance is that final distance that's when they're they're so far out that most weapons are going to miss. Your spells are probably not going to hit, but you can see them and you can start planning and 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 maybe the odd unique thing that you've got. Maybe if you've upgraded your ship with an arcane cannon, maybe that can hit them or something like that. So that so extreme, far, near, and boarding. And I think actually originally I I had it cut down to extreme, far, and boarding which is a much simpler way to do it. So you don't need that, th- that third middle distance if you don't want it. Um, and in which case it's far is most weapons are in range and then extreme is disadvantage and out of range. So you're on a ship, you're a player, I'm your DM and you're in one of the roles, doesn't matter what. Mm-hmm. And I say in the distance, you see something on the horizon and from the crow's nest, you hear your crew member shout, unknown vessel off the port side you know whatever the common stuff the common stuff yeah the stuff that you've researched as a DM you know the the language the lingo (laughs) Um, at which point if you think it's a pirate ship or not you're probably going to be like oh let's get ready to attack for me as a DM I might know in Spelljam for example I might know that that's an empty vessel that's just drifting in space and there's no one on it Either way, we're going to roll initiative. Your ship will roll initiative and their ship will roll initiative, as far as you're aware, unless there's no one on it, but you won't know until you get there. And that initiative will work similarly to the initiative in Go Somarsh. Like I say, some of the rules are really really good. So the ship will have its own dexterity. The crew and their effectiveness will add to that. Um, If you're running in Spelljammer, your ship's initiative might be affected by the helm that you have whether it's a minor or a major helm and the maneuverability class of the ship and that's all stuff you can put in and, and take out as and as how you want to use it so there's a ship turn for you and there's a ship turn for them 
Now, instead of you all rolling your initiatives and being muddled in there as well, you're all going to act together as a team during your ship's initiative. So let's say for the sake of this example, your ship is going to go first. The enemy ship is going to go second. Right. And for this example, we're going to say that it is a pirate ship and it does have another crew on it because we want to talk about combat. Mm-hmm. So I say to you guys, okay, uh, what's the name of your ship? Give me, give me a ship name. My ship is the mighty, the mighty weave. Okay, so the mighty weave, named after the magical weave energy that that moves through the Forgotten Realms, uh-huh. uh, has lots of spellcasters on it and lots of arcane sigils painted on it for defense. Is going to go first, right? And I say, okay, party of four. You're going first. What do you guys want to do for your ship turn? And as a team, you're all going to work together and use your actions and movements interchangeably to create the outcome you want. So, Sam, you might say, well, look, as the captain, I'm going to use my action. Um, oh, well, I'm going to use my action. And as the captain, I have access to these extra things I can do with my action. And one of those things is uh, defensive maneuver, right? So I say, okay, so you're going to do that. And you go, yeah, I want to use my defensive maneuver to move the ship up, to get the ship to move up to its speed and um, open up, get ready for combat. So all of the hands on deck kind of things, like the, we're going to start opening the guns. That's what my action is going to be, is to give that order and that's going to happen. I go, cool, okay. Do you as a character want to move? Now, you might not want to. You might be like, no, I'm fine. I'm on the, I'm on the, the rear castle. I've got my hands on the steering wheel what what is the steering wheel of a ship called is it a steering wheel it's it's called a helm is it i believe yeah oh okay fine well then the you're helm on the helm of the ship well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna use that word because that's what i use for spell jammer and understandable but you're on the you're on the wheel and you're you know you're like i'm happy here i'm like okay i say okay what what is the rest of the party doing the bosun says okay well i'm gonna um i'm going to use my action to, I'm going to use my movement to get up to, you know, the side of the ship, and I'm going to use my action to start, uh, you know, getting my arcane cannon set up and ready so that it's there on the side of the ship. And I'm like, okay, cool. So they've not used the bosun action because I don't need to. They've used just a standard action that they have as an artificer. They're an artificer in this example. Okay, okay, cool. Um, what does Gunner want to do? Gunner says, oh, I'm going to use the uh. The, the load action so that all of my cannons on the port side are loaded and ready. And I'm going to shout out uh, through the crew up to the captain cannons on the port side ready. And I'm like, okay, cool. I say, what do you want to do? Last party member. Who's a, I don't know. I don't know. Let's say they're the, um, they're the first mate, right? I, he says, I'm going to use my first mate action to get the riggers prepared because I know that we're going to want to board this ship. Like that's our, that's always our combat strategy. We want to get in close and board it. So I'm going to mm. use my, um, my first mate action and I'm going to get, uh, 10 of our 40 member crew ready with all their ropes and riggings. I'm like, cool. Okay. Um, now these actions, of course, as I said, will be laid out by you in the way you, the access that you want your party to have to things they can do on the ship. Once everyone has then got their actions together, I, I then, as the DM, I'm going to narrate. So I say, okay, cool. The uh, gunner, whatever, you know, what character name, you uh, give the orders to your crew and they begin loading out the cannonballs and getting the, the cannons into position, opening the, the 
the windows, the portholes on the side and pushing the cannons up to position. And as they do, you shout, portside cannons ready. And you hear it echo through the crew, portside cannons, portside cannons, as it makes its way across the ship. Captain, you pull the, sh- the, the helm to the left, steering the ship's rudders to put it into a manoeuvring position to put the port sides up front. And as you do, you shout the orders as the sails come down to prepare the speed and you watch everyone get up on deck and start preparingly uh, and tying things down and, you know, getting the covers off the ballista and whatever so it's ready for combat. And I start describing all that stuff, right? That's your turn. You guys have used your actions. You've used your movement if you wanted to. You've had the choice of ship actions that are going to implement and cause change to the outcome between the two ships. But you've also had the chance to have actions to prepare yourselves as people. Maybe the wizard uses his action to cast mage armor because he knows that the strategy is to get in close rather than stay far away. So that's your turn. And then the other ship turn, I just describe it. I don't have to go through all that rigmarole in my head and keep it slow. I know what that ship's going to do because in my prep, I've said, well, it's a pirate ship. Their strategy is X, Y, Z. So that means that they're going to do this, this and this. Mm -hmm. So then I just describe the other ship moving in, right? So let's talk about combat phase. I realize this is just me talking at you now, Sam, so bear with me. But No, it's all good. I'm taking it all in. I'm, I'm here with the audience. I'm the representation. You all with me, guys? Yeah, they're all with me. Let's go. Okay, good. Cool. This is a, it's a five out of five star episode. God, I love, love to hear it. <laughs> uh, that, that great live feedback. Um, you know, let's say the ships get into f- uh, far distance from each other and it's your ship's turn, right? So you say, Captain says, okay, I'm going to make a... Um, uh, I don't know, pick a name for a maneuver. I'm going to make XY maneuver, which means that I can move the ship closer. But as I do, I'm going to um, sp- spin out the far side so that they have disadvantage on an, on, a, on their next cannon attack. Mm. I'm like, okay, cool. So you're positioning, that's what you're going to do. And I, and, and I said, do you want to do anything? So I'm going to shout out to the crew to, to um, fire when ready. Like that's my message to the gunner as the captain. I said, okay, cool. Gunner, do you want to jump in next? And he says, hang on. I want to make sure I know what the uh the other guys are doing so guys what you know we're discussing in real time because all these ships all these actions are going to happen at the same time yeah they can happen interchangeably in any order this is our turn not not my turn or your turn every i love that everyone working together and deciding what they're doing on a turn is something i've always liked the idea of so this being sort of part of it is just cool it's like the idea, like you could be the captain and I could be the gunner and it could be our turn and you and the DM could say to us, OK, what do you guys want to do? And I go, Sam, do you want to maneuver the ship or do you want me to fire first? And you go, mm, I think I think you should take your turn first this turn. And I go, OK, cool. Yeah. I'm going to take the fire at will action. And I'm going to tell everyone to fire their cannons. And the DM goes, cool. OK, roll your hits, roll your damage. Just so I know. Cool. Noted down. Sam, do you want to jump in now? And, and you go, yeah, um, I'm going to take the maneuver action. But first, I want to ask you know, Phoebe, if she's going to, um, what she wants to do, Phoebe goes, oh, don't worry. I'm going to use my action to put, to put out the fire. So you go first. So you can, you know, your, your orders as characters, as players can change because you're all acting on the same turn. Perfect. I like that. Um, so yeah, so in this, in this turn, you know, you might move the ship, the gunner might fire, the bosun might put out a fire because you've had a critical fire or might plug a hole because there's water leaking in and might have to move. It might be the case that the uh, wizard decides they're going to come up and cast a spell from the edge of the sh- uh, edge of the ship to against the other ship rather than use one of their ship actions. Like you can do whatever you want to do that you have 
as as your character sheet. The idea is that these rules give you extra abilities, not limit the ones you have, which I feel the ghosts rules do because it's like, well, as a wizard, I can cast fireball, but I can only do it up to 60 feet away. So it's pretty, mm. that's taken a, li- a choice away from me now rather than giving me a new choice. Then, uh, you know, ship combat moves on. Um, the two ships end up being next to each other because uh, you have decided we're going to use the ram attack. So the captain uses the ram action and he says in his turn, I'm going to ram. So uh, first mate, be ready to use the grapple action. And he goes, okay, cool. That's what I'm going to do this turn. So ram, do you hit? Yes, cool. Do damage to the other ship. How much hull point damage? Does it reach the damage threshold? All that kind of ship stuff, rule stuff that's already in the game. And then first mate says, okay, we're going to use the the tether option, the tether action or the grapple action. They start throwing ropes over. They tether the two ships together. And now you're in, you're, you're, you're connected. You're next to each other. You've tethered the two ships up. At that point, everything changes. So it's at the point that the two ships are connected that we then roll initiative and enter standard combat initiative. So, okay, you're boarding. You've initiated boarding. Roll initiative. You all get your standard D&D initiatives where you all go in your certain orders. Um, You all have your normal actions. We don't have any ship actions now, except for the captain and the first mate having the action to untether the ship. That's the only other thing you can do now as your ship actions while you're on your ship. Now, while you're on the... I mean, I guess you could do it while you're on the enemy ship if you wanted to, but it'd be like a leave me and go kind of thing. That's um, cool, though. Yeah, so, so yeah, ignore the only on your ship. That's, that's, a, that's a cool thing. We'll include that. Uh, so you're now having your crew and your uh, normal pie members fighting the, the pirates and the pirate crew. Um, next week, I'm going to give you some rules on how to run large mobs, which will help with this. Uh, so stay tuned for that next week. But you run that combat however you would run, you know, group combat in D&D normally. Just now you've got it flavored of you're crossing ships as you do it. Um, you know, you're letting off fireballs on the enemy ship. You're firing arrows from the from the the uh, the crow's nest down to the enemy ship or you're you're running across the mast of your sails and jumping onto the mast of the other sail the other ship sails that kind of stuff um but it's normal dnd combat it's not just normal stuff um you could if you wanted to still have action to uh, uh, uh access to crew actions so maybe when boarding the first mate the captain and the bosun or, or anyone that that seems like the right kind of role to have it can order their crew to either attack or defend, or maybe you can order five men to stay around you to give the wizard or to stay around the wizard to give the wizard like extra cover and extra help. Um, you know, stuff like that. You could you could have that as options, but that's less ship combat and more uh, officer kind of war combat. Um, but that's an option. Uh, so then you're boarding the ship, you're fighting. You maybe you go over there, you kill the captain, you overrun the ship, they surrender. Maybe the ship is is overrunning you or maybe they're just really good at defending and you can't get enough people across to their ship and either you or the enemy ship manages to untether the connection at which point we go back to ship versus ship initiative so now that the ships are untethered and the other the enemy ships have started to pull away and their distance changes from uh near to far or to boarding to far, whatever you call it, 
now we're back in that ship on ship. Everyone's turns happen together on their ship um, and we could potentially re-enter boarding if they, you know, get back into that situation where they're tethered or maybe the ship flees and they get away. They get to extreme distance and you decide that the fight's over and the, and the party ship says, yeah, we're not going to pursue. And that's the kind of idea that you've got this free flowing uh, type of combat that can go from team based decisions to I'm in control of just me and nothing else. Mm. And that's what I like about it. That flowing three form that allows everyone to work together on a ship, but also have their normal character actions available to them. So at any point, the captain who's a wizard can decide to make a captain action and a maneuver, or they can decide to cast the fly spell and fly up to them to, to the other ship and fucking drop a fireball on them if they wanted to. It builds tension as well as, as, as a way of running it. I, I think it, those changes in the stages make it feel like, uh-oh, we're getting closer. Uh-oh, we're getting closer. Now we're at the point where we're now fighting each other. But then if that, like in that example you use, the other ship begins to get away and you're like, no, we need to be like defeating these guys or we need to, there's, there's a reason you need to attack their ship. You're like, no, 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 we need to get back. We need to be like chasing them. We need to be side by side with them again so we can jump on. I think that just yeah. adds that level of tension you want in a ship to ship ship to ship battle because realistically these ships are going to beat each other up and many people usually will die so you want to have that feeling of tension and i really like that that sort of system gives you that because of the multiple stages and that's why like I implement like critical hits art for ships, not for players, but for ships. Like that's why I want there to be a chance of like a fire breaking out or something breaking because yeah, sh- it's, they're bloody brutal. They're deadly, you know? Yeah. Um, do you have any questions around anything that I've laid out or like how you would implement it? Because I realize I've just like talked through um, it for ages. Not really, and uh, not not necessarily ways to implement it because you have you've explained how that would work, and I think in my mind I understand how I would already be running it and how I would make it so that my players are doing that. I think it's just that you know tidying up of the initiative orders and making it so that everyone is working as a team at a certain point, which I think D and D needs a bit more of at certain times because sometimes it's very like. I'm working for me and me is the only person in this party where sometimes you need those moments where the group comes together and they're all deciding together. So I like, I really like that. And I can see that being quite a beneficial part to the ship combat. And then the next stage being the initiative, like setting the initiative, I can also see, see being like a really awesome part of the combat that will feel like, so much faster paced just because of the, the the way they've been doing it to the way they've jumped into it because now they're in full control of their characters they've they are fully engaged in the combat but in a in a different way it feels different because you're responsible for your actions you're not like agreeing with everyone you are like okay well i'm gonna attack this person in front of me so i don't know i just like i can already see ways that this is going to benefit my own ship combat and yeah I think that this will be beneficial to just in in the thought process. I think it will be beneficial for anyone that is going to be running ship combat in the future. Oh yeah, it is like like a complicated thing that I think 
a lot of campaigns are starting to involve because a lot of people want to do their pirate adventures. Yeah, and and take it and change it and 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 add to it. And I do. I've just I've just found the document that I that I've written up for Spelljammer. Mm. So um, because I realise I've been very vague about like actions and things, because I want you to have your own ideas. But I'm going to give you a, a a list of some of the things that I've been using. And bear in mind this has a Spelljammer tilt to it, so they have references to like Helms person who are the people in the helms that pilot the ships, That's which is very different from how an actual ship is run. So crew roles, we had bosun, captain slash first mate. Again, you could have a captain and a first mate with different actions if you wanted. Gunner, who is like the head gunner. Uh, helms person, obviously. And then anyone else can be a deck hand and can just like be part of the crew. Um, the initiative works pretty much how I've gone through it. So... Um, you roll initiative with the two ships and because of me using AD&D Spelljammer rules, things like the ship's maneuverability class and stuff like that affects the, um, the, the initiative that they roll. Uh, in this, you can have, you can have an order to it if you want. So if you want to have a bit of structure to the freeform, I like the whole freeformness of like everyone works together as a team. I know that that works for my group, but you can, I have given an optional order, which is, in Spelljammer, um, Helm's person goes first and determines like the maneuver, the maneuver and stuff. Then it's support crew, so bosun and deckhands. Then you do stuff like attack, which is with then the gunners, and then like the the resolution of the okay, how much damage was done, mark it off, and then narrate it all. So if you want to add a bit of an order to it to give a bit more structure, you can do something like that. The range categories, so speed facing and other movement and like positioning stuff, isn't really tracked, but you can. You can implement it in flavor, but the um, ranges are extreme range, uh, long range or far range, and then boarding range or short range. So short range is where um, this is that that kind of that extra one. So short range is the attacks work and then like normal. Um, the maneuvers have disadvantage on the rolls because the ships are so close together. Um, and you can ram or grapple, they become possible at short range. So the idea is that it can either be that the ships are actually next to each other in short range, or they're pretty close to each other and you could potentially ram into the ship. So it's, it's, it gives you the option to be flavorable with it. Long range is then the, um, the disadvantage for most weapons. Extreme is the ships are visible and are probably about to escape or only just coming into view, and there are very few weapons that are actually going to be able to reach that range. Uh, the ships have, um, for Spelljammer, they have extra stuff to them, but if you look at the ghosts of Saltmar ships, that's the kind of setup. So ships have a damage threshold, they have hole points rather than hit points. In Spelljammer, they have a maneuverability class um, and a ship's rating, which is linked to the helm and the helm's person. Obviously, they have an armor class, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and in Spelljammer, if you want to do speed and miles per hour and stuff, you can link the ship's effective rating, so the helm's rating, the maneuverability rating, which is affected by the main, my, major helm or minor helm. It's all Spelljammery stuff, so we won't get into that. But if you wanted to implement that stuff, you can. Um, and then the actions are things like, so for the bosun, we have brace for impact. So you can, as a reaction, if you pass a check, you can reposition stuff quickly, so like sails, cargo, and minimize damage from a hit, which means that the, the hit coming in does half damage rather than full damage. 
So it's kind of like a, what is the rogue ability? The um, uncanny dodge. Uncanny dodge. Uh, so it's like that for a ship, but only the bosun can do that. Um, coordinate repairs. So as an action, you lead a crew of people to repair. You make a check and you, you can repair an X amount of, uh, amount of hull points. Um, coordinate the riggers using things like shishan, 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 and rhythmic chants and things like that to I get like the riggers that. into position. That put that that takes a performance check. So maybe the bard. What maybe if you've got a, like a if you have a bard position on the ship that's not a bosun. Maybe it's like yeah. a, a a sea shanty lifting that like morale. A, and even then, yeah. like on on ships, you'd get those drummers to bring all of the. Yes, yeah, so if you have um, a role for that, like into great. beat, yeah, um, that's cool. So that uses the actions of some of the uh, deck hands, but it gives advantage on the next maneuver that the that the captain or whoever's going to do. Um, hmm. I have uh, a weight helms person's orders because of uh, the the spell jammery stuff, so that gives the helm person advantage on the next uh, the next role. Um, there's other things, like I've got so many repair critical effects. So if you get a critical hit, uh, a sharp turn, you can move the sails to give the ship a, a maneuverability. The maneuverability of the class goes up by one. The captain can calm the ship. So if the ship's in danger and the crew are like, f- like flapping about, you can calm them. So that gives uh, damage. So the, the crew member that you're calming their next roll for damage or the next roll they do to repair, they get to roll an extra die. So a 3d10 become 4d10. Um, they can command. So they can uh, frighten or they can inspire uh, a member of the crew, giving them an extra action. Frighten or inspire. Yeah. So I command. I uh, know yeah. actually, sorry, I've, I've put inspire as a separate action, but that's oh, okay. Um, so, so command is intimidation, which is frightened or, or like tough, stern talk. Inspire yeah. is persuasion, which okay. influences them to perform better. And then they gain advantage rather than an extra die. So they go, mm. um, deck hands can do stuff like, uh, they can, uh, inspect stuff so they can get, get information on the ship. So how many, how many crew does it have? What kind of weapons does it have? Yeah, I want to always use my action to inspect the ship coming in. Um, they can be a lookout. They can do reload and aim aim weapons. Uh, they can also do repair. They can do rigging, uh, and they can be a spotter. And then the gunners have fire ship to ship weapon. Uh, take the careful aim option, which lets them aim. Uh, they can lead the target, which allows them to, like, uh, set themselves up. Set themselves up. It's like a different mm. version of the um, the uh, aim. It gets lets them do extra damage. And then the helm person, and this is very this is very spelljammer specific but you could implement this in a in in potentially in airship but also in water ships they have maneuvers so in AD&D spelljammer the ships have maneuverability classes from A to F uh, F being the lowest A being the best um so smaller ships have an A bigger ships have an F which means they can do less cuz they're bigger and so there's a list of maneuvers so things like move bow to stern move broadside do a circle strafe dodge flee uh, you know, ram, uh, strafe, stuff like that. So all of those are different manoeuvres that the ship can do. So dodge means that the ship moves in an unpredictable direction um, and the attacks coming in have disadvantage. Flee means that it moves uh, at maximum speed away from the enemy. So that would change 
the short distance to long distance or the long distance to the extreme distance. Um, hold steady means they attempt to keep the ship as predictable as possible, which means the gunners then have advantage on their next attack rolls. So they're all things that affect each other. That's the kind of, that's the point. You want them all to be helping each other. Um, mm. But yeah, so you can pretty much do whatever you want with it. I mean, the ship maneuverability for Spelljammer is funny because the ships are flying through space. And so they can kind of move very erratically. Like whereas yeah. a ship in the water has to like really think about how it's moving and plan its mm. course ahead of time. So implement that in the way you use these maneuvers. Um, and then the last thing I'm going to just list off just because I want to give you some kind of implementation um, because I've been very vague before is the critical hit stuff. So basically if the ship fires its cannons at you and you, and they roll a 20, you're going to take a critical hit, which means you then roll uh, a D10 or a D20 or a D12 or whatever, however many effects you come up with to get an effect. So those effects can include, like I said, fire, a fire breaks out and a fire does a certain amount of damage each turn. So it could be a D4 um, to the ship's hull. Uh, you can, <laughs> I love this, hull, hold. So you put a hole in the hole, which is very hard to say, <laughs> uh, as we know from <laughs> Cosmic Causeway. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, so that drops the ship's rating. So that's a spell jammer thing. So if you're implementing r- ship ratings and stuff, you can, d- you can use that. Uh, you could do something like uh, the, the um, weapons are damaged. So one of the weapons get damaged and it can't be fired until it's repaired by the bosun um, by using the critical repair. Um, uh, action or you could use like oh the rigging's damaged or oh there's a hole in the sail which then reduces the speed or means that you uh can't use certain maneuvers or the ship's maneuverability class goes down again these are all kind of spell jammer focused but you can use them in in any kind of ship setting because they're that you just need to change change their cycle um another one last one i'll give you or last two something like uh morale damage so they there's it's a really strong hit and so all the crowds crew's morale goes down and so they have disadvantage on their checks for the next turn that's Um, a cool one i like that or like ammunition hit is a fun one so let's say you're on a ship that's using a lot of cannons and has a lot of smoke powder well shit they just hit a a, the cannon just managed to hit your smoke powder reserves and they've just caused a massive explosion oh i don't like the sound of that one no so you can get really creative with those. I mean, and you can get inspiration for those by looking at critical hit tables all over the internet, but make them 100%. ship-based. Ship-based. There you you go. don't want to be making a ship bleed or lose an arm. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to be doing that, no. Unless it's mm. uh, a, a ship made out of alien matter in Spelljammer. Maybe the ship's alive. Maybe the ship's a creature. Maybe it's like a zombie ship that's been sewn together out of people's flesh. And that's it's got gross. Arms. I like it. Maybe it's it uses so cool. the arms like oars and it like. Oh no! Yeah, I love it, but I, I'm also really grossed out. <laughs> the arms are reaching out into space and pulling it through as if they're grabbing onto the void itself. Oh, how cool is that? That's really cool. I'm, I'm, really cool. I'm in. Uh, you brought me into a weird state of being where I'm really like, you know, this you is. You love awesome. it, but you're freaked out. I'm, I'm like, no, yeah. not for me. <laughs> Oh, well, there you go. I've talked a lot at you this week, but um, I think it levels out the amount you talked at me last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've yeah. you've you've put the balance back. That's good. Uh, uh, I didn't I didn't want anyone to think that you knew more than me. 
Of course, of course. <laughs> but I think I think that's that's good knowledge, and that will come in useful. And it should hopefully, you know, make my ship combats better. But it should make mm. you guys sitting next to me because we're we're all sitting next to each other. Um, it should help you guys sort of make your if you're finding yourself struggling with this current way of running ship combat it 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 should make it a bit more you know mm. tense and fun what i would like to do if given the time and i say if because i've got a lot of life stuff going on at the moment i'll tell you more next week because we're running over by quite a bit now is that um i would like to write my version of this all up so that it's usable and and offer it to the patrons. But uh, here's a, here's, a, here's a name suggestion while we're here, ladies and gentlemen. On. You all agree with me. You think it's a great idea too. Good. Okay. Stop talking S- to the audience as if they can talk to you. Smissies. Uh, wait. Oh, I just had it. Oh, you lost it. You lost. It's gone. S- oh, it was. It was just there. It was Smissies. Oh, Smissies guide. To no. uh, to stars and sea or something no, like that. I think it needs to be like Smissy's. It's got to have ship in there, hasn't it? Uh, Smissy's. Smissy's. Oh 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 oh! It's on the tip of my tongue. Hang on, hang on. Don't say anything. Smissies. Yeah, you have the same thing. Smissy's. Uh, like I need a word that's like almanac or like guide, but it begins with an S. Smissy's sailing. Uh, spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. Smissy's Smissy's uh Smissy's secret ships and sailing. <gasps> yes. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. Smissy's No, but the word secrets. Uh Smissy's um, secrets to ships and oh, uh, oh, oh wait. Smissy's secrets. secrets to ships and the sea. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Of sea yeah. and space. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, don't we'll know. workshop it. <laughs> I mean, as long as it's not three S's, because that's a bad abbreviation, but we'll move on from there. Um, I've got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, if you come up with any questions, queries, or anything like that, Sam, by all means, chuck them in the Discord where we can talk about it with the wonderful you know, Patreons. You know I'll be chucking them in the Discord. 100 all the best people I, are. Yeah, well, exactly. And as I predicted last week, we did start talking about demon poop. So there we go. We did, and it was great. If you want to join the Discord and talk about Demon Poop, then head over to the We Speak Common Patreon. Not only do you get access to the private Discord, behind-the-scenes content, uh, hangouts in the vibe zone with cool, chill music and D&D lore and just talking about life and everything, you also get uh, actual play content early and merch now. We're doing merch. Can you believe it? Yes. Uh, the first merch? set, if you're a patron... Yeah. If you're a patron for three months, you get access to uh, very special and um, exclusive art cards. And there's now a merch tier that at the moment, if you join for three months, will give you access to a special branded long sleeve shirt. Uh, and there'll be more Ooh. of that in the future. I will talk more about it next week. Again, we've run over massively, but go check that out. The other tier gives you the access to have a message on air. So if you want to record a message and put it out on a podcast, maybe you want to uh, sending a topic that way, or maybe you want to talk about something you're doing in D, chuck that out or third tier means you can just come and be a guest come and sit where sam sat and actually tell me about your rules in your game go and check out the patreon there's links in the description below the discord's a great place to hang out and as ever if you want to get in touch we speak common on twitter we speak common pod on facebook and we speak common on instagram is the place to go there you go i'm done we're done sam we're done arrivederci is that is that goodbye you've just insulted so many people Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean to. I thought it meant goodbye. Auf Wiedersehen. We'll just, 
Oh, stop. Stop trying to speak different languages. Just stop. I, I, okay. I know German. That one's fine. See you later. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, do us a favour and share us with a friend or a D&D group near you. If you'd like to directly support We Speak Common, you can by heading to the links in the description, either on this episode or via our social medias to find our Patreon. It's the best way to directly support the production of more shows like the one you listen to today. You can connect with the show on Twitter and Instagram at We Speak Common. The music in the episode is Street Dancing by Timecrawler82 and is held under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. You can find it on the Free Music Archive.